What would be considered a successful season for the Minnesota Wild, both now and long term? Plus, what about the Blackhawks? And who will we be watching at the Tom Curver's Prospect Showcase this weekend? We discuss all that and more on today's crossover episode of Locked on Blackhawks and Locked on Wilds. You're Locked on Wild. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota Wild. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to a special crossover episode of Locked On Wild and Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you for making both Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks your first listen each and every day. And just as a reminder, you can listen to any show from any point of any season of Locked on Wild or Locked on Blackhawks free of charge on your favorite podcast platforms. On today's episode, we take a look at how both teams are sitting heading into the season but trying to figure out what would be considered a successful season for the Minnesota Wild. We'll also take a look at some things for Blackhawks fans to look for as the season gets going. And we'll talk about the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase as both Minnesota and Chicago will be going toe-to-toe this weekend. My name is Seth Topal, host of Locked on Wild, and joined by the host of Locked on Blackhawks, Jack Bushman. Jack, it, we uh, had a chance to, uh, to do one of these uh, a couple of weeks ago. And so we're going to piggyback off of that, looking f- more forward to the season. And the theme for a lot of these crossovers has been, you know, three things that need to happen for Team X to make a playoff run and three things that if they happen will lead to a, uh, a season of no playoffs. Obviously, Chicago is in the midst of, of kind of a transition, a rebuild. And so... I think probably the better way to do this is to just look at some things that you would like to see from Chicago this year. It can be a player showing some signs of development all season or a specific area that the team can work on. So what are three things that you would like to see from Chicago this year to kind of help push things forward for where they're at uh, in their uh, rebuild process? Yeah, I think that's a really good question, Seth, because even though the Blackhawks, we know the narrative around them right now, not expected to be very good this upcoming season. Anything can happen in the NHL, though, but I will admit, and most folks around the Blackhawks will admit, more likely than not, they're not going to be all that competitive. But this still can be a successful season in different ways. You can throw the wins and losses out of the picture because there are still things that can go well and that can give Blackhawks fans a positive mindset moving forward. And I think one of those starts with new head coach Luke Richardson, who just came in, former assistant coach with the Montreal Canadiens, a very respected guy around the NHL, thousand game veteran as well as a player. So he knows both the player side of things and has some good experience behind the bench too, knows how to command a room, apparently is very player friendly, has those direct communications, knows that different players kind of need to be fired up or handled in, in different matters. He connects with them on a personal level, but still demands that respect and excellence out of his team each and every day. So it sounds like he's a, a really 
good figure to lead the Blackhawks through this time right now. But I think a, a big part for Luke Richardson, too, is going to be how the Blackhawks defense performs under his lead. Because for the past four or five years under Jeremy Colleton, the defense was always a really big issue for the Blackhawks. They were running kind of an interesting system that Jeremy Colleton brought over from Sweden, which is larger ice over there. It, it just never worked well with the Blackhawks. Lots of miscommunications, lots of breakdowns in the defensive zone, way too many open players and prime scoring opportunities. And that, you know, a lot of Blackhawks media has talked about how this team isn't going to get better until they fix those defensive issues. And Luke Richardson is someone who knows the defensive side of the game, very good in tune in that aspect. And I'm really interested to see how he's going to go about things. Now, he's already said that they're going to go back to a zone defense as opposed to man-to-man, man-and-a-half, whatever you want to call Jeremy Colleton's system that he ran. So now that the Blackhawks, I think, are going to be structured a little bit better, if, if they perform well defensively and, you know, it, it's – Still not going to be the deepest defensive group in the league, but if we can see improvements on the back end, not getting outshot damn near every game, like seems like the Blackhawks have for the past few seasons, wind up on the right right side of, you know, the, the percentages and the opportunities and that stuff. And I think that will give fans and the organization some hope that they're on the right track defensively, because until you fix those issues, I, I really don't see the Blackhawks winning more games and becoming competitive once again. So I would say I would consider this season a success if Luke Richardson implements a defensive scheme that is clearly responding well to the players and they have a better defensive structure overall because of that. So that's one thing I will really look for in particular out of Luke Richardson's first year as the Blackhawks head coach. Another thing is, it's kind of weird, Seth, because being in a full-blown rebuild and an open rebuild now, there's these weird tiers of players who are on the roster. Now you have, let's say, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Connor Murphy, Jake McCabe, some kind of older guys who, when the Blackhawks are hoping their competitive window opens again, they probably don't align with that picture. Now, you know, Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe, could still be 32, 33 years old and provide value to this team, but they don't exactly match up with what's happening with the team right now. And then there's kind of the guys that are on the bubble and then the prospects that are right there that are trying to find a way on the opening night roster after training camp this season. And three guys in particular, I would say, are Lucas Reichel, Alex Vlasic, four guys actually, Lucas Reichel, Alex Vlasic, Ian Mitchell, and Alec Regula. All four of those guys I've got a little bit of NHL action over the past two years, and they're really trying to take that next step to become full-time NHLers. If they're able to do that and take that next step, those are probably the four closest prospects that are being ready to go to the NHL full-time. If they're able to take that next leap, and if Lucas Reichel can come in and, and be a difference maker this year, a former first-round pick, if Ian Mitchell can finally turn into a second- or third-pairing defenseman, we drafted him in 2017. It's kind of make-or-break time for him. Both Regula and Vlasic had good second halves when they got some action when the Blackhawks season was already, you know, essentially over, and they're just playing games at that point. So I think if those four players in particular, if they're able to take that next step, I think the Blackhawks will be really confident in where their prospect pool is at and some of the first pieces of this rebuild that are, you know, kind of cementing themselves as hopefully future Blackhawks. 
uh, for the long term. And the last is maybe even the most important one, Seth, but uh, I think keeping up with the Rockford Ice Hogs and also some of the other Blackhawks top prospects who are playing for junior teams or collegiate programs, I think that's probably going to be the most fun part of this season is seeing how these guys develop. If they're able to, you know, take that next step, what are they able to do in this, this upcoming season? That's going to be really fun. And I also think a lot of Blackhawks fans got to keep an eye on the Rockford Ice Hogs because it's going to be a pretty similar group to what they had last year. They were one of the youngest teams in the entire NHL and found a way to qualify for the Calder cup playoffs. And the majority of that roster are, is made up of guys who the Blackhawks are hopeful for will be able to, you know, be pieces of that puzzle in a few years too. So uh, I think if the Rockford Ice Hogs have a really good year together, I think that's going to be big for the Blackhawks future because, like I said, that's going to be such a tight-knit group. Those guys are going to be really comfortable playing with each other, have a lot of experience. They know their styles and just have that chemistry all in all. I think that could be really beneficial for the next wave of Blackhawks already kind of being established together down in Rockford. So, yeah, it's kind of weird, Seth, because in terms of wins and losses and maybe some of the bigger-name players on the Blackhawks like Taves and Kane and even two free agent signings that they made in Andreas Athanasiou and Max Domi. At this point, it's like, well, yeah, cool. It's awesome if they have a great first half. I'm here for it. I'd love to watch exciting hockey. But in the long term of the Chicago Blackhawks, it doesn't really matter what they do. They're just kind of guys that will get us more assets in the future. So I think three things to kind of round this out that would make the Blackhawks season successful, in my opinion, would be Luke Richardson establishing a strong defensive zone structure that the Blackhawks have desperately been missing for so long. Second, those bubble players that I mentioned, Lucas Reichel, Vlasic, Regula, Mitchell, if they're able to take that next step, and if even just two or three of them are able to become full-time NHLers by the end of the season, that'll be a win for the Blackhawks. And also if the Rockford Ice Hogs are able to make the Calder Cup playoffs and that group continues to make steps together, I'm going to be really excited about where this Blackhawks team could be in two to three years down the road. One eye on the NHL roster, one eye on the future. I like it. You got to keep your head on a swivel to uh, <laughs> make sure that, uh, that everything uh, is staying on the up and up. That's, that's a, a great list. And you know, it's, it's always fun to, if, if you're on the way back up, trying to figure out the things that people can watch for while they're watching this team throughout the season because there are there are always some of those positives to take even if the wins and losses get kind of uh, lopsided particularly early but for the Minnesota Wilds who are a team that made the playoffs last year got bounced in round one their expectations this year are a little different and so you are going to uh, you're gonna just just throw me the uh, the heavy question when we get back. So we'll uh, continue our crossover episode of Locked on Wilds and Locked on Blackhawks after this. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports information this season. You can find all the latest football league developments, plus game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's entire slate of NFL and college games. BetOnline.net is also your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, the NHL, and the NBA. So head over to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. You can find all that and more at BetOnline.net 
where the game starts. Continuing our special crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks, thank you for making both shows listen number one every day. Make sure the Locked on NHL podcast is your second listen. You can get all the lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL as we get closer to the start of the season. Also free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, Jack, usually we like to... uh, you know, we, we offer some questions back and forth that uh, give give us a chance to, you know, talk about this, talk about that. You're, you're bringing the heat right off the bat, and I love it. So let's just get right to it. Absolutely, yeah. So for Minnesota, whenever I just looked at their roster and their cap friendly and the situation they're in, I have a hard time figuring out, like, Obviously, it's win now, and you want to go for it. But I, I have a hard time thinking of what realistically would be a successful season for the Minnesota Wild this year. After a really good regular season last year, unfortunately, you came up short in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I'm just curious, what are kind of your thoughts on what would make this a successful season for the Minnesota Wild in your mind? Again, obviously, everyone out there wants to win the Stanley Cup, but in realistic sense, what do you think would be a quality or an achievement met season for the Minnesota Wild? And kind of how are three what what three things would lead to that? What key three keys would lead to the Minnesota Wild meeting that achievement level? So I guess you could say. Yeah. So two two answers to this. Obviously, if the Wild have success this year, and I've outlined areas, and I'll, I'll mention them again, um, that if the Wild get improvement, that they should be able to uh, to have a season maybe not as successful, probably not going to shatter a thousand franchise records again this year, but if you get improvement in key areas, the Wild can be a strong team once again uh, this coming season, and the areas that would need to go well for this team to be a playoff team this year and to be one of those top three finishers in the Central Division once again. It's goaltending above all else, first and foremost. If Marc-Andre Fleury repeats his performance down the stretch, granted he went 9-2, and two, but peripheral numbers were not, not great. They were okay. Um, and then his performance against the Blues in the playoffs, albeit it was just a collective just team performance that led to that playoff loss. But if he improves upon his peripheral numbers this year, if he is able to stay healthy and avoid father time by and large, uh, if the Wilds can get a special teams jump from basically bottom five to maybe between 10 and 15 for both units. And if the Wild avoid the dreaded regression category for a bunch of players that had career seasons, um, that would lead to them making the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, I am greedy. I'm not considering it a success if they make the playoffs, if they get bounced in the first round again. I understand the way the current format goes with playoff seeding, that it's likely you will match up against a team like the St. Louis Blues or the Nashville Predators, depending on how the seedings play out. 
in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care. If they make the playoffs, I would like them to win a series or I'm I'm marking the year as a disappointment in that sense, in that right now sense because this is still mostly the same roster as last year. And again, if they get improvement in areas, they can be a playoff team. If they are a playoff team, got to win a series or I'm just giving it I'm giving it an F. Long term, it's more straightforward for me. Player development. I will consider this season a success with an eye to the future. If Marco Rossi looks the part this year, he's not going to have, not every game is going to go according to plan. He's going to struggle throughout the course of the year. But if by and large, if he looks the part of a guy that can be at the low end, a top six center, that's a huge win for this team. And if Jesper Wallstead dominates at the AHL level, that's also going to be a huge win because that means then that he is probably a season closer to getting to the NHL level as the goalie in waiting for this team. Those two guys, I think, are a huge picture of, or a huge part of the picture of this team going forward because as of now the wild just don't have that impact type center that we've seen other teams that have gone deep into the playoffs have had the St. Louis Blues the Colorado Avalanche the any number of teams that have won Stanley Cups over the last however many years you want to go back center depth Ryan Hartman has been good but it seems like when he matches up against the best of the best at the center position, it's pretty lopsided. Jewel Erickson X, not a number one center. If Marco Rossi shows that he can be, chef's kiss. So yeah. it comes down to, I think it comes down to those two, and I, that really, if those guys have good years, even if the Wild don't make the playoffs – I'm still going to consider it a success because they developed those guys and those guys showed, hey, I think we're ready for this. I think that's a a really good point that you just brought up too, and we'll also transition nicely into our third and final segment of the day. But when looking at the Minnesota Wild, and especially when I was doing some prep work before today's crossover, Seth, I I just – one thing that really stood out to me was how limited – Minnesota is going to be to go get it in this window right now. Like it's so key, especially for those upper echelon of prospects that the wild have like a yes for Wallstead, a Marco Rossi, a Matt Boldy, who's already stepped onto the scene. Those guys, if they're able to become impact players, you know, I don't want to say right away, that's kind of a big ask, but if they're able to make it apparent that they're going to help in a major way, then that's going to be, I feel like, a, a really big weight off of Bill Guerin's shoulders because of what he's going to be limited to be able to do in the offseason because Zach Parise and Ryan Suter's contracts, I know that's only going up $2 million, but it's going to total $14 million over the next two years. Like, sure, Matt Dumba's coming off, and who knows if he gets another deal, but there's there's chances to get money elsewhere, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, that's still only a piece or two, you know. Like, I feel like 
the situation financially that Minnesota is in, it's just going to be tough for them to go and add to their roster without making a trade. And those future prospects coming in, I think are just going to be so key for how good this team is going to be throughout that buyout window where Bill Guerin can't do exactly what he wants to because of those limitations. It's, it's like in the NFL building around a quarterback on a rookie deal. If you have a bunch of guys that are on, and not necessarily entry-level contracts, but even if you get players that are showing promise and you can sign them to a bridge deal for a couple of years, if you get enough of those players on the roster at once that are, hey, these guys are really good, yes, it's going to be tricky to get them all on the books once those bridge deals are done. But having a lot of young players that are showing promise and are performing at the NHL level just means that then you've got some chips left to where you can go get whatever you need to. And yes, I realize that's kind of tongue-in-cheek because we are just we just discussed an instance in which the Wild did go out and spend big in free agency and are dealing with the ramifications of that. Thankfully, we'll never have to deal with 13-year deals ever again. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Chuck. But my point being is that if Bill Guerin can start to cross off spots on this roster with, hey, Wallstead's the real deal. Goalie, checked. Rossi is going to be a top center. Check. It just leaves it to where you have less holes to fill and more money to do it. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's why... I'm excited to see someone like Marco Rossi this weekend in Chicago at part of the 2022 Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase. I think it'll probably be a good time to go on, segue over to that guy. Yeah, let's uh, let's transition to talking about said Prospect Showcase as we finish up with one final segment of today's crossover episode of Locked on Wild and Locked on Blackhawks after this. Final segment of today's episode of Locked on Wilds and Locked on Blackhawks. Once again, thank you for making both shows your first listen each and every day. As we mentioned, the Tom Curvers Prospect Showcase going on this weekend in Chicago. And uh, both teams sending a who's who of their top prospects to go participate. So, Jack, I'm sure you've had a chance to look at the roster. Who are some of the players... It can be the guys everybody knows. It can also be the guys nobody knows. Who are some of the players you are most intrigued to see in action? Yeah, I would say 1A and 1B for the Blackhawks would be Lucas Reichel and Alex Vlasic. Lucas Reichel is for sure the top prospect in the Blackhawks organization right now. Maybe Kevin Korchinski or Frank Nazar, who the Blackhawks selected in this year's NHL draft in the first round, they might might have higher ceilings, but Reichel's further along in the in the process right now, and he, he's ready to go. It's either he's going to be playing on the top line in the AHL, or he, he's really wanting to push to make this Blackhawks team. He's changed his diet up completely this offseason, supposedly added 15 pounds of muscle. Uh, but I'm really excited to see what he's able to do, because down at the AHL last year, he was a point-per-game guy when he was healthy. Uh, first year over in North America and really showed – you know, no issues with the transition or anything kind of picked up where he left off playing pro hockey over in Germany. But 
with it, when he got to the NHL last year, I think he played 10 or 11 games with the Blackhawks, actually burned the first year of his ELC. But it was just clear he was a little undersized and kind of got pushed off the puck in certain situations, still had his scoring chances and a lot of good looks to get that first NHL goal. Couldn't find the back of the net, unfortunately. But I think getting stronger and just adding that weight to his frame is going to make make him a different type of player. It's going to make him a little bit it's going to make things a little bit more difficult for defenders to knock the puck off of him. And uh, he looked really good. I know it's only one practice in the first day of the showcase, but he looked really good at practice this morning. I was actually a little bit surprised to see that he was even here. Uh, he wasn't at Blackhawks development camp a month ago, but I guess they elected to, to send him to this showcase. So just another good look at Lucas Reichel, but he, he's certainly the one. If I was Minnesota, I'd, I'd be circling him heading into these two scrimmages. And then Alex Vlasic's another one played. Uh, I think he played 15, 16 games with the Blackhawks at the end of last year as well. And there were some games where a little wishy-washy and it showed that he had just came right out of college and jumped onto the NHL. But I was really impressed with his ability to respond to those negative games. And it seemed like whenever he had a bad game, he was able to figure it out and, and bounce back in a hurry. He didn't have any consecutive bad games or, uh, the inconsistency issues, it wasn't a problem. And for someone who was, you know, just coming out of college, like I said, I thought that was really impressive. And he's got great size, six foot six. For, he's a big kid. And uh, he looks really poised with the puck. So those two are uh, the two prospects that I think I'm the most excited to see and who Minnesota is probably looking at the most. Uh, another guy who I, I think is going to be interesting too. Um, is Colton Doc, the younger brother of Kirby Doc, second round pick for the Blackhawks in the 2021 NHL draft. A much different player than than Kirby is, though. Uh, Kirby was always known as more of a pass first guy, a uh, reliable two way center. Uh, Colton Doc's a little different. I think his strength is his shooting ability. And every time he touched the puck today at practice, he was shooting it. So I, I think he's aware that that's his best asset. And He's been focused on trying to get that shot as, as good as he can. So uh, Colton Doc is someone who I'm also intrigued to see how he's going to fare because I have some questions as to whether or not he's going to have the playmaking abilities or the skating ability to be a consistent point producer at the NHL level. So uh, I'm excited to see what he's going to look like, albeit you know just a prospect scrimmage, but still game-like action. You can get some sort of sense of how guys are faring. So uh, those are probably three of the more well-known Blackhawks prospects that I would be keeping my eye on. But uh, before I ask you about some guys, Seth, I, I do want to say that one one reason why I was really excited to hear that the Blackhawks were facing off with Minnesota in this is because um, Minnesota has a, a really good prospect pool. And uh, I think, you know, like I mentioned, it's a scrimmage and, there's only going to be two of them. It's early on in the year. Guys don't have chemistry, yada, yada, yada. But I do want to see where, you know, the Blackhawks as a whole, of this prospect group, now they're missing some guys who are already at their college programs. But I just want to see how this group kind of fares against a, a solid group like Minnesota, who has some big names on their side as well. So um, I've always been excited for this ever since we first got wind of it. But uh, who are maybe the guys that us Blackhawks fans should be looking out for, whether it be a big name or someone who's kind of flying under the radar a little bit as well? I'm going to give you some of the you know more notable names that fans will want to see in action, and then I'm also going to give you a couple of under-the-radar guys that I will be 
keying in on because obviously you've got the likes of Marco Rossi and Jasper Wallstead, those most elites of the Wilds prospects that uh, will be, you know, a huge part of this franchise's future. And so anytime you get a chance to see those guys in action, you should definitely take advantage of it. Uh, Adam Beckman as well. Um, another guy who it seems like will have a role on this team within the next couple of years because of their cap situation and somebody who seems to be taking more of a leadership role um, right after the draft, the wild had kind of an event for, uh, for their draft picks and some of the other prospects and Beckman was there and it seemed like the guys kind of gravitated towards him um, as just somebody to look up to. So it, it's fun to see players kind of start to go that route in their careers, especially early on. So really excited to see what he will bring to the table um, for this and uh, and what he has uh, in store for this season. You've got, of course, uh, Carson Lambos, former first-round pick for the Minnesota Wilds. Um, I believe that was not last year, but the year before that he was taken in the first round. And so those are the, those are the more notable names – I think of uh, of players that okay when you see them on the ice, you're going to see some exciting things. Here are a couple of names that I'm really intrigued to see what they bring to the table, and I'm going to start with uh, somebody who is truly one of us. That is, of course, uh, former Gopher Sammy Walker, who the Wild signed uh, to a uh, a contract here in the off season. Uh, he is a Minnesota native from. Uh, believe from Edina as my phone froze up. I should just know that anyway. Um, but uh, in, intrigued to see what Walker brings to the table. Um, and, you know, fan, go for fans who are listening to this. You know, we'll, we'll know him better than, uh, than others. But uh, I just, I'm really intrigued to see what Walker will bring uh, to this team. Probably somebody who will be more with the Iowa Wild. But still, intriguing to see what he brings and kind of how he fits in uh, with this group. Another name that uh, that I'm intrigued to get a look at is uh, Servak Petrovsky of the uh, Owen Sound, who had uh, 28 goals last year, a center, and as I just talked about, the Wilds. They that's a spot that they've got some some room to uh, to try to get some players up to that level. Uh, at some point here. So obviously a lot of skill that he brings there. And it just, anytime I say the word center, I just am intrigued to see how those guys are going to do. And then another one, and uh, my buddy Spoke Z, who uh, I'm sure many Locked on Wild listeners are are familiar with, has been blaring the horn for Mr. Kyle Masters, uh, defenseman uh, prospect for the Minnesota Wild as well. And so... That's the third name. I'm intrigued because uh, I value Spoke Z's opinion on uh, prospects in the Wild system, and he has all offseason been talking about what Masters brings to the table, and so I'm uh, I'm excited to get a chance to see some of that potential um, for this uh, this showcase as well. So, little little bit of each, but uh, you know, for us that cover the team a little more uh, than the uh, than the fans. I dive into that second-tier list, but those are the guys that I'm most excited to see uh, what they can do this weekend. Should be fun. I'll be on tap Friday night. I'm not going to be there Sunday afternoon. I just can't miss NFL football. <laughs> I know, I know. 
but it's it's not going to happen. It's week two. It's still like my babies just got back. Right. Uh, Friday night, I will be there at Fifth Third Arena in Chicago, Seth, to keep you updated on how the boys are doing. Sounds great to me, man, and uh, look forward to uh, to hearing how things go. And Wild fans will uh, will discuss it after I have a chance to uh, to check out the games myself. Going to the Gopher game this weekend, so I will not be able to uh, to see it in in real time. But we'll definitely uh, catch the highlights afterwards. And that I think is the perfect spot to leave it. So yet another crossover in the books. Thank you for tuning in, and now that your first listen of the day is done, the Locked On NHL podcast should be your second listen to get the full lowdown on everything going on throughout the NHL. Just like our shows, Locked On NHL is free and available wherever you listen to your podcasts, so subscribe on YouTube, hit follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss out on anything from either me or Jack keeping up with the Wild and Blackhawks all off-season long. We've got you covered with new episodes all week long as part of the Locked On Sports Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.